a stu stu Studio D production. Judge me for talking to the dog. That's the thing is, it's like I don't care. I just have a problem with dicks. <laughs> Why you gotta be a dick? <laughs> that just so many things went through my head. I can't say um, any of them. Yes, I just don't. I just don't. So maybe it's time. To don't move disrespect on. me. Should we start? And I will tell you to get over yourself. Bell, bell, bell. Take get a deep breath. <laughs> I, will. I know. I need to get over myself. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if Kyle was back yet? Sit down, I wanna tell you a story. everyone welcome to effed up family story time i'm salem and i'm hannah and here today we have jess damn it i thought you were gonna pick me second <laughs> and bell hannah try to sound less enthused please <laughs> <laughs> so we're here recording episode number 44 yeah yes. Hannah's really tired Ayo. so she may nap while we're doing our story <laughs> no. I'll just nap during our break. <laughs> and, then, and then be extra cranky during the last half. Right, because so we won't give up listeners. after like 15 minutes and you're going to be <laughs> mean. I'm, an, I'm a nap, like, savant not now. Not me, not me. I, I always nap. If I, I, I am too, but it's like an hour at least. No, <laughs> if I fall asleep for a nap, I'm asleep for at least two and a half hours. I micro nap. And I will wake up and be like, where am I? What time is it? I have to go right to bed. <laughs> I micro nap in the half an hour it takes for me, like from when I get to work in the morning to when I have to be at the inside of work. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll, I'll Interesting have like, <laughs> way to phrase that. <laughs> I haven't micro-napped today. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> and then I will micro-nap during my 10 and like during my 30-minute breaks at work. I'll micro-nap from when I arrive on campus to when I need to be in my class on campus. I cannot do that. One time Gotta I do accidentally it. fell asleep on my 30 while I was like at work and I like woke up 15 minutes after I needed to be clocked <laughs> in and I was back when I was a supervisor so I was like running the floor and I run in and I was like I am so sorry everyone I fell asleep in my car I didn't have an alarm set I was like I hope everybody's doing okay I was like panicked because like, I was like in charge like the manager wasn't there it was like I was I the can, top of the food chain in that moment and I fell asleep in my car for 45 minutes I, <laughs> I can feel your panic right now because as you told that story you're like fidgeting with your shirt and you've got like your hands up I was so panicked out. I was like, like no! I can feel it it's a visceral feeling it now. was one of those moments where you like wake up and you're like oh, what <laughs> um I love working from home because I can take, well, I mean, uh, there's no real rules as long as I work, but I typically take an hour lunch these days, and so I nap all the time. <laughs> it's perfect, because you're just right there by your bed. And so. then I eat I eat while I work, so I'm not missing lunch. <laughs> when Kyle works from home, there's, like, this program on his computer that will, like, like monitor how often his mouse is moving. Oh, but then to get a mouse I found wiggler. that you can get like these like contraptions that will like just like wiggle your mouse around yeah. so that you could like get up and do whatever. That's yeah. like because it's fucking weird and dystopian that 
businesses are tracking your I mean, literal you think every about how movement. much I am time thieving at work. I exactly. was telling Kyle about how anytime anybody of authority walks around the corner during downtime, I just pick up whatever's closest to me and look like I have been working. Yeah, I think I think most places do have a record of that. It's whether or not they are continuously looking at it. Like for security purposes and things like that, everything I do on my work computer is yeah. captured. Yeah. But nobody's like checking it. And even if they were, they don't know what I'm doing. I'm a freaking I mean, instructional designer. I might be f- writing things out or drawing things or that's like, the yeah. thing. It depends on the job that you're doing. And if your project base then it's you know a lot of the well, time they don't monitor your, monitor your stuff because if you get your project done yeah, when you need to get it done it's and it's done. at an acceptable level then you're doing your job it also depends too on like how they use that like you know like they expect i'm sure for you to like step away and like eat some food or like take a break take a walk you know like that kind of thing but like when you're away for like three hours and not having any sort of log about you touching your mouse at all like that's kind of a red flag i mean there are times though like with my job sometimes like this last one, I had took. I am doing soft skills for sales, which is a fairly new thing to me. And so I took some classes online and things like that, and absorbed some stuff. And then I spent probably a good two hours just like writing an outline based on what I remembered, like not even checking my computer or anything like that. So there can be times, but if it's a regular occurrence, yeah. then that's probably different. I am a very hard and staunch believer. You do the work that you are paid for. So if they're not paying you to do extra work, do the fucking bare minimum. Do what you were required I, to I do to get to by extent, because it's all bullshit. Knowing, Everyone is getting underpaid. Knowing that every single person that works in Kyle's company is getting paid twice as much as yeah, I am. And then right. knowing <laughs> that I'm working three times well, as hard is a little frustrating. But, but well, you know. Like, <laughs> you're working... Like three times as hard as most oh, yeah. of the people that work there probably because they're working in an office job and we're running well, around on our feet all day understaffed. Oh yeah. Like some of them are in like, <laughs> well, you know, doing like physical labor. It's, and, that's true. <laughs> and when I say do more, I don't necessarily mean do extra, but yeah. like I'm thinking about the fact that like I have four different training projects I'm on and I have decent deadlines for them, but if I can get done with one if I get done with one I don't have to do the other technically because I'll still make my deadline but if I can work on that in the de- in the time after I finish that first one then it makes my life easier down the road yeah, yeah. I'm more efficient I'm more productive which means I'm a better not, employee which means I'm recognized for that you're not as stressed you know? if you give yourself the time like right. I as a chronic procrastinator still don't Same. get anything done unless I absolutely have to but have learned that when I get right. started on shit early you want to talk about about procrastination i wrote my entire story between 6 30 and 8 30 t- this morning the last time so <laughs> you guys can tell me how good it was the last right. podcast when i presented hannah worked in the morning and i showed up while hannah was working yep. two hour starbucks and i sat down with my ipad and did all of the research and wrote out all of the story in the time that hannah worked their shift well speaking so, of story i was just gonna do the same yeah. thing Salem. why don't you tell us what we're yeah. what we're talking about today so so today we're actually going to take a dip into the supernatural world and we're going to learn more about the mischievous tommy knockers oh cool so uh sources like that place in uh idaho springs so my sources are uh mostly websites well actually all websites so 
There's a great website called Legends of America. So mm-hmm. legendsofamerica.com uh, have all sorts of cool legend type uh, folklore type stories. Um, American Folklore at AmericanFolklore.net has really great stories. And then uh, Colorado History, um, which is actually ColoradoHistory.wordpress.com. Um, so that just means <laughs> they use WordPress to create their website, guys. <laughs> and then, of course, some from Wikipedia because they're the best with consistent dates and yeah. <laughs> linear things. Yeah. All right. So you guys ready? I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. Tommy Knockers, or Knockers, they're often called, um, often pronounced Knackers, um, have their or That Midwest shit. Actually, <laughs> Tommy Knackers. Actually, it's a weird British accent that I suck at doing. Oh. Knackers. <laughs> N- <laughs> knack. It's spelled Knackers, though. So when it said pronounced Knackers in multiple places, like, that's how, that's how I pronounce Knackers, right? Um, So they actually have their origin in Cornwall. Now, Cornwall is a county on the southernmost tip of England. It actually, like, forms a peninsula. And they're kind of like the equivalent to what the British had with brownies or Irish had with leprechauns. Um, There are some German uh, creatures that are similar that I'm not even going to try to pronounce what their names are, but look Let it up me, if you're interested. I want to try. Well, I didn't write it down, Dang so... It. have to Google it. Google it. And, and then you can, you can try. try. So, legend started in the Cornish tin mines. So, Cornwall had several tin mines that were very profitable and migrated to the U.S. as those Cornish mine workers came over for... The opportunities in America. Um, and once they came to the U- U.S., they that's where they kind of evolved and became Tommy knockers rather than just knockers. Okay. They are described as short gnome-like creatures, two feet tall, often a greenish color, and very commonly wearing a miner's outfit. Oh, interesting. <coughs> yeah. They have clothes. Two feet feels large. I just like you think toddler. About, yeah, like that's like toddler size. Like you think about a leprechaun. I always think about like fairy size. Like a brownie. Oh, not is like teeny tiny. Brownies are teeny tiny. Leprechauns. I always like imagine more size. like yeah. gnomish. Yeah, but like I don't know. Like two feet is like it feels like a scary size to me. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the kind of size that could run up behind you. Like the way that I knocked out dad that time when you were on the phone with him. Uh-huh. Just like and run up behind you and knock you out from your knees. Like, Well, I mean, that's why some people were scared of Tommy knockers. Maybe is the whole knee knocking thing. Maybe. Oh. Um, the kind of weird thing that maybe I found it's just multiple. That I'm afraid of toddlers. Maybe. <laughs> The kind of weird thing that I found in multiple places was that the original knockers in Cornwall, the miners actually believed that they were the spirits of Jews, of the Jews who had crucified Christ and the Romans forced them to go work in the mines where they died. So that was kind of interesting. Very different from what that legend kind of becomes like that's like slave labor legend. Others just more spiritual, supernatural kind of legend. Very or something like that. Yeah. Weird. So the funny thing about Tommy knockers, depending on who you talk to or when you talk to them. Um, is that they actually have kind of two very distinct personalities. They are often seen as having a very 
benevolent side, maybe a little mischievous, but in good fun. But then on other at other times and other situations, they are seen as malevolent creatures who are just there to uh, cause harm. Um, And a lot of people believe which side you see is based on how well the Tommyknockers like you. Oh, okay. I can relate. (laughs) Um, So they were known to be pranksters. They were always uh, blamed if tools went missing in the mines uh, or... Other weird occurrences might have happened in the mines. They were it was typically blamed on the Tommyknockers and their pranks um, to keep the Tommyknockers on their side and on the, in good standing with the Tommyknockers. They would often leave offerings of food and drink. One common thing that they would leave is a saffron cake. That was a common uh, offering, so to speak, to Tommyknockers. Okay, yeah, I've heard of. Saffron being offered to other fairy type yeah. creatures too. And that's like a fairy kind of thing to do to leave an mm-hmm. offering for the fae so yep. that they will bless you or whatever or won't fuck with you, one or the other. Right. Yeah. They'll at least ignore you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it was believed that if they appeased them with these offerings, then they would be on their good side. And very often, if they were on. If you were on their good side, then they would warn you of a mine collapse, of a pe- of an impending mine collapse, by knocking on the roof of the mine. Okay. Some also believed that if you were on the Tommyknocker's good side, that the knocking would actually lead you to a rich vein of ore oh. for mining. I'll show How- you where the tre- uh-huh. treasure is. However... On the flip side, if they were pissed off at you, then the knocking was a warning that someone was going to die soon. Uh. So it really just depends on what you believe. And <laughs> it, like, am I an asshole? They must hate me. Or, hey, I'm pretty cool. They like me. So like, yeah, how do you tell that they like you or dislike you yeah. if they're well, just knocking? Based on what happens in the mines. I guess uh, if you... Yeah. If you die or if you find gold. <laughs> like, how do right? you... How do you are you a good witch or a bad witch? How do you tell the difference? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So oftentimes, too, though, if there was any sort of injury or death in the mimes, in the mimes. <laughs> <laughs> Mime death. Mime death. It's all imaginary, right? <laughs> it's silent. I don't silent. know if it's imaginary. <laughs> well, it's pantomimed. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, in many cases, if there was a death or injury in the mime, I did it again. What the (laughs) hell? (laughs) So oftentimes, if there was an injury or a death in the mine, it was blamed on Tommyknockers. And in a lot of cases, surprisingly enough, miners would believe that the Tommyknocker was so malevolent in the mine that they would refuse to work. And it would force the mine to have to shut down because the workers wouldn't work. Wow, they'd actually shut down the mine. So... From Cornwall in the 1820s, um, a lot of those miners migrated over to western Pennsylvania to work in the mines there. And then when the California gold rush and the Colorado silver boom started happening, they migrated, they migrated from Pennsylvania to the western mines, which is a lot of them settling in Colorado, which is why I think we hear a little bit more about the Tommyknockers here because... It's part of the local 
the mining um, history. Lore. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Um, so of course, with them, they brought the Tommyknockers legend. Um, funny little anecdote. So the experienced and skilled Cornish miners were very often sought after. Um, and many mine managers would often ask the Cornish immigrants working in their mines if they had any relatives back in England who wanted to come mine the mine with them. Um, and the Cornish miners would often reply something to the effect of, well, me cousin Jack would come if you could pay his boat ride. So that's my horrible Cornish <laughs> accent. It started out okay, and it really just like fell apart at the end. Do it, Hannah, do it. You're the best. <laughs> You're the best What's at accents. What's a Cornish accent? Though? Oh, English. Some... I don't know. They they say uh, me cousin and um, is boat ride with an apostrophe. So that kind of British accent. So like maybe some like is boat ride. Is boat ride. <laughs> or is cousin boat ride. ride. Me cousin and is boat ride. Oh, me cousin will come if you pay his boat ride. <laughs> that was good. I think. I don't know. I don't have any actual experience, uh, but I thought it was good. <laughs> well, me cousin Jack would come if you paid his boat ride. There we go. <laughs> I just had to end it with the bad one again. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, but because of that, the Cornish immigrant miners uh, took took on the nickname of Cousin Jacks. So they would talk about the Cousin Jacks in the mine. And they were the core of the Western mining force during those times. And in that time, as they were out in the West uh, mining, the legend of the Tommyknockers evolved into being more of a legend that the Tommyknockers were actually dead miners working in the mines um, with okay. them. As the mines started to be depleted um, and mining was no longer necessary, um, it was believed that the Tommyknockers then found work in homes that were nearby the old mines and mm -hmm. evolved into a, a legend where it was believed that if you heard a, an untraceable, disturbing knocking sound in your house that it foretold of a family death or family disaster. Oh, it just became bad only at that point, mm -hmm. too. Yep. And break. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, if you want to make comments, Bell, or anything before that, but that's where I have the break scheduled, so. <laughs> no, that's my, cool. my story is short but sweet. No, I like it. Yeah. Spooky. You've been talking about doing the Tommy Knockers Are you looking up a, a Cornish... Boat ride? No. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Not a Cornish accent, but a Cornish boat ride. She is. I hear it. Yeah. Banan. Banan. Our resident actor. Apparently a Cornish accent is like a pirate accent. Our mateys! Oh, my boat me ride! Cousin Jack would come if you paid his, his boat, boat ride! ride. Oh, oh, hey, hon, thank We were you. just about to take a break. Well, thanks, George. Lover boy. <laughs> You can't say that to your That's stepfather. Oh, okay. I, th I thought you were saying that to George. I'm like, That's not cool. <laughs> George got it. He laughed. <laughs> Neither of us felt awkward about it, and that's all that matters. <laughs> well, matey, oh, that's not a me cousin Jack would come if you paid his boat ride. Late last night and the night before, Tommy knockers, Tommy knockers, knocking at the door. So this rhyme can be found at the beginning of the... Beautiful. <laughs> so this rhyme can be found at the beginning of the novel Tommyknockers by Stephen King, 
Well, it's difficult to find anything concrete. I was going to make a joke about that. I I wanted to come back from the break and just say, do you guys think that Tommy Knockers by Stephen King is about Tommy Knockers? <laughs> no. <laughs> he deviates in a very different direction. <laughs> Have you read it or no, watched the movie? He does. Oh, does he really? Yeah. He, he he So my joke isn't even funny. He spins <laughs> He spins the tale. Well, it's based on Tommy Knockers, but he spins the tale that they're aliens who have Hell yeah. did he write it subterranean. Did he write it during Hell his yeah. uh I have no post car accident phase? I have no idea. When he wrote Dreamcatchers and he was on all those pain meds. No, it was before Dreamcatchers. Damn. Um anyway. So while it's difficult to find anything concrete about the origin of the children's rhyme, there are many references to it. And Stephen King even said he had heard that first verse as a child. Now, Stephen King did write a second verse. And as we were talking about before, he went to spin his version of what Tommyknockers are, which is very different from what the original legend was. Um, And there are many tall, many talls. (laughs) (laughs) Many shorts, too. <laughs> um, there are many tales and legends of Tommy Knockers and many appearances in fiction over the years. They appeared, uh, one of the creatures in like the fourth book of the Spiderwick Chronicles was a Tom, yeah, was a yeah. knocker. I don't think they called it a Tommy Knocker, but it was a knocker. You were super into those books, fuck yeah. yeah I, was. I have yours for yeah. some reason that you- every gay kid loved those books. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, and various other uh, media that it's showed up in. So next, I just want to st- share a couple of stories, legends, uh, to kind of wrap up this tale. First one is from a book called Spooky California by S.E. Schlosser. Um, and this story is actually posted on AmericanFolklore.net, um, giving her credit for the retelling of this like lore, this legend. Um, And it's about an experience that a miner had with a Tommyknocker. How old was Um, he? What? You said he was a miner. How old was he? Am I N-E-R? Is he like 17? (laughs) (laughs) He was 12. (laughs) I'm about to knock you back to 17. Um, Okay, so the story from the Spooky California book. Um, So... One unlucky miner named Eddie, and I'm reading this directly from the site, so this is like word for word for the story. Eddie became a target of the Tommyknockers. They drove him crazy, pelting him with stones, stealing his tools, blowing out his lantern. He couldn't figure out why the Tommyknockers had singled him out until one day he heard a voice calling to him from the dark opening of a nearby shaft. Eddie, I want my five dollars, the Tommyknocker said. Eddie was so startled, he dropped his tools all over the ground. The voice sounded just like that of his old friend Joe, who had died in a caveman. (laughs) (laughs) The voice sounded just like that of his old friend Joe, who had died in a cave-in a few months back. Eddie had borrowed $5 from Joe and had never returned it. Eddie went into the shaft, and sure enough, there was Joe Trelawney's ghost shrunk to the size of a two-foot dwarf with a big, ugly head, large ears, and a crooked nose. He wore a peaked hat, a leather jacket, 
and water-soaked leather boots. So that's a common description of the Tommyknockers, kind of gnome-like with the big nose and in mm-hmm. the miner's gear. Sounds anti-Semitic Yeah, all of this to just me. feels racist. <laughs> Especially coming from, originating from a story about, like, Jewish ghosts in a fucking cave. Like, sounds anti-Semitic to me. <laughs> then gnomes are anti-Semitic. Yeah. So, so, so gnomes were spun up before the time of Judaism as anti-Semitic creatures. Listen, this is a different conversation than we can have, but a lot of depictions of like magical beings are actually genuinely very anti-Semitic. Yes, that is, <laughs> that's not untrue. But I'm just saying, like this, like is just a creepy cave creature. Like, if we said everything that we described as having a big nose was anti-Semitic. I was just drawing parallels because you were the one who told us that they originated and thought that they, they were the ghosts the of ghosts Jewish of people. Jewish people who had And they felt bad Christ. for them because the Romans imprisoned them. <laughs> but you originate a, a, a lore about a creature that is the ghost of a Jewish person, and then you also add on top of that that they're ugly and have big noses, noses and it sounds anti-Semitic. I'm just trying to tell a happy fun story here without all sorts of craziness all right it may have started as anti-semitic i think by this time the legend had traveled so far and moved so far away from that that it might have lost that original like thought behind it but the descriptions of the tommy knockers were still the same all right so his water-soaked leather boots is where we left off so the tommy knocker was not pleased to see eddie Give me back my five dollars, Eddie, the ghost of his old friend demanded. I don't have any money on me, Joe, Eddie said, patting his pockets for emphasis. I've heard that before, said the Tommyknocker dryly. I didn't believe it then, and I don't believe it now. The Tommyknocker disappeared into thin air, leaving an uneasy Eddie to wonder what the ghost would do next. He soon found out. All day long, Eddie was plagued by the Tommyknocker. His ladder was shaken so hard that he almost fell. The loud tapping noise of an invisible drill nearly drove him mad. He just missed being buried by a rockfall. And through it all, Joe's voice would taunt him. Give me back my five dollars, Eddie. All right, Joe, all right, Eddie finally yelled into the mouth of the tunnel where his friend had appeared. I'll get your bloody five dollars. Abandoning his work for the day, Eddie made the long climb to the surface and took five silver dollars from the money box he kept under a loose board in his bedroom. Then he climbed back down into the mine and stuck the five dollars into a crack in the wall next to the place Joe's spirit had appeared to him. There's your five dollars, Joe, Eddie shouted, his voice echoing oddly in the dark tunnel. It's about bloody time, Joe said, appearing next to him and peering critically into the crack where the money lay. Are you going to leave me alone now? Eddie asked. The Tommyknocker grinned impishly at Eddie. Maybe, he said. He scooped up the five silver dollars and disappeared into the dark. Creepy. So that's supposedly a true story that happened to some guy named Eddie. I like how we have... Wait, actually, we did have his name, I think. maybe We have Joe's last name. I don't know if we ever get Eddie's last name. Yeah, we don't ever get Eddie's last name, but it was Joe Trelawney uh-huh. was the spirit. Was the spirit. <laughs> That's creepy. Um, so there's another interesting story, um, and this one's actually about a mine out in 
Colorado, it, near Cripple Creek, Colorado, called the Mamie R. Mine. So Mamie, letter R, Mine. Hmm. Okay. I'm trying to and think of where that is. Near Cripple Creek. Like, where is Cripple Creek? Cripple In Creek Colorado. is, like... South of Colorado Springs, kind of oh. up in the so mountains. It's like yeah. Royal South. It's like near. It's I kind thought of it was like, kind of by Golden, like up north. No, no, it's kind of in the same area where um, Manitou Springs. Mm-hmm. Like it's that kind of oh, south of Colorado okay. Springs area. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the story about the Mamie R Mine in Cripple Creek, Colorado, is from the Colorado History website. So ColoradoHistory.wordpress.com. And reading that one pretty much word for word as well. The first two paragraphs just are kind of the same information we went over about what Tommyknockers are. But in the Mamie R. Mine, just like we mentioned, the knockers were seen as malicious and vengeful sometimes. And so much so that the sounds of their voices, the knocking of their hammers, or even their rear appearance struck so much fear into the miners that they would leave the mine and refuse to go back. And causing the closing of that mine. And that's ultimately what ended up happening to the Mamie R mine. So many miners left, many of the superstitious miners left because of the claims of malevolent spirits. But there were some less suspicious, or not suspicious, less superstitious <laughs> miners who were, you know, had a great desire to become richer that continued to mine. So the mine was still able to run. Um, After that, the first real accident was the death of Hank Bull. So Hank, having heard what he insisted was the voice of a boy down a newly dug but as yet unshored tunnel, Bull headed down the tunnel in search of the clearly lost child, despite the warnings of his friends. After several minutes, the men heard Bull scream, and as they rushed to the tunnel entrance, the unshored ceiling collapsed on Hank Bull, killing him. The story of this event soon went around the area, and men left that mine for for less dangerous mines, leaving only a small crew to work it. Those who remained claimed to hear whispers and voices where no one was, even on occasion seeing a shape move past them, only to disappear when actively looked for. Sounds like my house. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy. The new focus of mischief was the windlass that lifted men, ore, and rocks from the mine. So it's like a winch and pulley system. Basket lifts up the stuff for them. Okay. Attached to the windlass was a bell that was to be rung three times when a load was ready to come to the surface. Many times, the bell would ring and the bucket pulled up only to be completely empty. The second death in the mine was directly related to the windlass. Uh, In November 1894, the bucket fell and hit a man standing below, crushing his skull and killing him instantly. Wow. It must have been a big, heavy bucket, I'm guessing. Full of rocks. (laughs) Oh, it was full. Yeah. It might have been. I don't. It doesn't specify. But yeah. Now, this was not an uncommon mining accident. But in this case, there was no reason that the bucket should have come loose. The knot was still tied tightly, and the rope was still intact. Oh, creepy. Um, around this time, the spirit of Hank Bull, as he was found in death, was seen in the deepest parts of the mine walking around. The second dead miner often appeared in the bucket as the men wound the windlass, his crushed head appearing over the top, 
his ghost disappearing as he stepped out of the bucket. I know, right? Christmas Day 1894 was the final straw for the miners. On Christmas Eve... working on Christmas Eve. Mining life was a hard life. Guess so. The original hard-knocked life. I was just about (laughs) to say. (laughs) Not really. There were a lot of hard-knocked lives before 1800s. Yeah, Yeah. but it's the original hard-knockers life. Ah! Uh Okay. Um... (laughs) So on Christmas Eve, the mine had flooded and the men spent Christmas Day hauling out buckets of water. Three men were working the windlass when suddenly the windlass didn't just break. It flew apart, pieces flying everywhere, including the now loose rope as the bucket fell back into the mine. So it wasn't even like it fell and then pieces flew everywhere. Pieces flew everywhere, causing the bucket to fall. Wow. Yeah. At least that's how I interpret that. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the windlass operators became tangled in the rope, and as the bucket fell, the rope tightened so quickly around his neck that he was decapitated. <gasps> Ew. Oh, no. So that was enough for the miners, uh, firmly believing in Tommyknockers at this point, because if you remember, the ones there now are the less superstitious ones. Yeah. Right? yeah. So like, I believe, I believe. Yep. So firmly believing and believing the Tommyknockers were responsible for the deaths. The miners left, and no one will work the mine. So in January 1895, the mine had to close for good. Just to be a complete contrarian, like, I totally love a good ghost story. I absolutely believe in ghosts. But, like, how much of this was just, like, the stress of working this, like, horrifyingly, like, life-threatening, super high-stress job, mostly in complete darkness, where, like, your brain is just uh-huh. left to do whatever the fuck it wants to. Oh, yeah. And then if you're hearing all of these horrifying stories about these, like, goblin creatures well, in the mine, like, you're you're going to see some well, shit. Yeah. And, and whether or not you're actually seeing that shit is, like... Right. Well, and some of it was an explanation of scientific properties that they didn't understand. So before a mine's collapse, there is often... A lot of knocking and banging as the rocks start well, to like move fall, yeah. before they fall. And... They start to crack and move, like still contained up in the roof because the bo- the like bottom of it hasn't cracked yet. And so, then a a cave-in would happen, and so they started attributing it to these spirits. But now we know there's a scientific explanation for the noise yeah. that they heard. Yeah. I just think about, like, my perspective at work is, like, all warped, and I just sell coffee. <laughs> like, I couldn't imagine, like, working in a mine and then... <laughs> it would be a hard job. It would be oh, weird, psychologically. Oh, yeah. It's grueling. They spent so many hours a day down in the mine. Yeah. Um, I mean, and even thinking about the one story about Eddie and the long trek out of the mine. Like, they would go so deep in there, and to get out, they'd have to go so far back. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think that whether Tommy knockers are real or not, I think that it's very strong possibility a lot of those mines are haunted because people did die yeah. in those mines. Yeah, totally. Um, so why wouldn't there be spirits there? Well, think about the story. I forget the name of the mine now, but the one in Idaho Springs that we toured, Salem and yeah. Kelly and I, like there were how many stories about people dying in, in accidents the mill? there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then if you do have like, I mean... I don't know whether or not it's a Tommy knocker, like you said. Like if you have this like legend of these Tommy knockers and you do experience some sort of paranormal activity, mm-hmm. whether it's attributed to this specific creature or not, like with the 
like whole just like lore flowing through your brain like that's yeah. where your mind is first going to go. Like I think about like when I worked at the asylum, like talking, like we talked about this in like our little ghost stories podcast, but like the little girl, mm-hmm. like before I even like encountered any sort of paranormal activity at the asylum, like those stories were flowing through my yeah. brain, which like whether or not I encountered the little girl, yeah. the way that my brain depicted it was of right. how she was described to me basically. Yeah. And I don't know, like your There's... perspective like warps your... Mm-hmm. Perception well, in totally. Way. Yeah. Well, and it's it creates in a weird way like an unconscious bias, mm-hmm. right? Like just like it does with other things in the world. You now have this in your head, so you see it and you automatically associate it with that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like if you didn't have this in your head, would you have been able to rationally would, or explain it or even would it yeah. look differently to you? Like, yeah. All right. Totally. Okay, so I'm going to end this story with a little home state pride. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite things about Tommyknockers is the Tommyknocker Brewery in Idaho yeah. Springs, Colorado. And not just because it's a brewery, but it actually opened in 1859 to serve the large number of prospectors that showed up for the Colorado Silver Boom. So it was there to uh, serve them and provide, you know, a source of food, etc., Still open today um, and thriving after a minor dispute of ownership and some things like that. Um, it's always a fun piece of history for me. So my first memory going there was as like a preteen and I had their house brewed sarsaparilla, yeah. a.k.a. root beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and to now, you know, being able to like take a day trip, sit up there in the beautiful mountains, you know, not too far from home, but still feels like you've gotten out of the city yeah. and enjoy one of their many selections of beer mm-hmm. um, and just enjoy the fact that we live in this state that's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. sponsored. We just really appreciate. We just really love Colorado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, this message brought to you by the Colorado Tourism Association. No. I don't even know if they're real. So if you are real, sorry, guys. If you want us to do an actual shout out for you, email us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll charge you a small fee. <laughs> and again, Steve, email us. We won't charge you anything. Give us your ideas on Tommy Knocker's beer. What do you think? <laughs> Have you had it, Steve? You should if you haven't. I kind of was... like just calling him Steve because then he could be Steve from Blue's Clues or Steve Buscemi. Or... I love how that's no. the first Steve you think of. Steve from Blue's Clues. I only know two. St- oh, Steve Martin. There we go. I'm done with my Steves. Three Steves. That's all. Oh, Steve Jobs, but he died, so never mind. So, yeah. Wasn't well, he, like, not a good person? <laughs> I don't really know. He was... Apple and Apple is the devil. Well, that was a good story, Jess. <laughs> Yay! I liked it. I like the Tamanakers, I guess. I mean, I think the story is interesting. It I is mean, it's a good when, lore, good when legend. When they're good yeah. and knock and save you. When I they like show them. me gold. Le- show yeah. me the gold. Well, cool. Show me the gold. <laughs> Do we want to move on to the things that don't suck? Things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was bad. I was burping on the la- on the suck. Oh, things Sorry. that don't suck. <laughs> that sounds like something that really sucks. <laughs> things that don't suck. <laughs> so who wants to go first? I can go. My thing that doesn't suck is that I'm on spring break. Woohoo! 
<laughs> say, uh, see how excited she sounds? I'm on spring break. <laughs> so I can sleep and not work 14 hour to 16 hour days anymore. Yay. All right. Um, so, well, that's exciting, Hannah. I'm glad you get a little bit of a break. You need mm-hmm. it. So you got one, Jess? I feel like my life's just so bland and repetitive that all my things that don't suck are the same things that didn't suck two weeks ago or even a month ago. I'm trying to think of something new. I guess the thing that doesn't suck is that, uh, I don't know, I've been reading the comics, uh, Books of Magic. Oh, cool. And I bought the third, I've been getting them in the like trade paperbacks, so it's like multiple altogether. And I just got the third one, so I'm excited to read it. There you go. That doesn't suck. That's cool. Yay. That's a fun thing. Um, I can go. Okay. My thing that doesn't suck is that on the day that we're recording this podcast, it is the first day of spring. Yeah. And I am really excited about it, which means goodbye, seasonal depression, and hello, just regular depression. Nice. Yeah. I don't have to deal with both anymore. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yay. I like spring. That's cool. My thing that doesn't suck is that George and I got our passport, so we should be Woo-hoo! all set to go Yay! on our vacation. Woo-hoo! That's going to be fun. It'll be a nice break. So You guys mm-hmm. both deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Might just sleep the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Just nope. do it under an umbrella on the beach. Exactly. <laughs> well, that was a good episode. Are we ready to shut this thing down? I think so. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, well wait, wait, wait. Oh. I just want to point out it's only 347. Just saying. Yeah, we did a good job on this one. I think because <laughs> we were kind of sleepy. <laughs> well, I'm trying your, to your take the credit for oh, keeping us on track. Your story was short and sweet. It was a short story, and it was focused. Not that yours wasn't, Salem. It was but not I as focused, Well, though. but yours had I didn't a lot, have... and you wrote down a lot of information that none of us necessarily wanted to hear. And... Yeah. Wait, me? Well, no, I just mean that mom's story had a lot of, like, shitty information that oh, that she, she decided had written to down skip. that she yes. didn't yes. necessarily want to talk about, yeah. that yeah. none of us necessarily wanted to talk about. Mm. Yeah, but it was a good story. What were you going to, what are you doing, Jess? Oh, just the random memes I'm getting from my daughter. <laughs> uh, so one is a, a minion dabbing, and it says... Our marriage is loveless, and I want a dab divorce. <laughs> the other one is a minion with pigtails and a dress on, mm-hmm. and it says I have three sides: stanky leg, stanky leg, stanky leg. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to block her from the internet. It's like, like what? What so has funny. internet humor become? That's so like funny. that. That shit is so funny. I don't even right. get it. But like that's the thing is that like like I only get it because I have been on the internet long enough to see all of those jokes evolve. Yeah, that's